0: Uh, all right, everybody, uh, like, uh, they're talking season three, season eight, episode three of a uh, game of Thrones, um, kind of, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about, uh, so this is one of, I mean, the music, I mean, this episode, like, uh, there's, I don't think there's any way not to get spoiled for me to even talk about it at all. Uh, but I did feel spoiled in the sense that this was really an amazing, if we've watched episode three times, it's we're playing again here. And it was really one of the more amazing experiences I've ever had. Uh, the first time watching it, it was really, uh, it was just uh, like a great, uh, hour and a half or hour and 20 minutes of TV movies. whatever you want to call it. So let's see. Um, open no last time. So like, so the, oh, there was no last time on like previously on the game of Thrones or whatever. Uh, it just opens after some hbo cross promos and then um it was very uh similar the first this was the first opening i was paying attention to, to the sky initially so we go through my notes here because i put the sky i just noticed the sky opening's really nice uh, you can see the sky through the wall is that a mountain or a giant moon and then i put wow w-o-w no it is curved uh and I realized that there was no sky at all. It was the curvature, like uh, of the Earth. Instead of being a globe, it's uh, inside of a sphere we're going through. And yeah, this was the first time I was noticing it. Uh, arriving and not what? It, okay, is this what I expected? Uh, is this about the episode? Oh, okay, yeah. So, uh, so uh, was it, so the, this episode it was called the Long Night. You know, when it started, I didn't know what it was going to be called. Yeah, because it didn't have a name when I watched it the first time, and I thought it was funny. Like this last episode was called "The Night of the Seven Kingdoms" with a K, and now it's a Long Night." Uh, and I'm a voice, and betting off. They, I mean, it seems like they do that with uh, similar titles sometimes, or playing with the titles. I don't know if that's one of the they like to do that or what, but I, I, I do. I I mean, I like doing that. Uh, so I appreciate it. This was so much more than I expected. It wasn't what I expected. So there were things I did expect. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure if you watched the episode or you heard about it or you're going to watch it, you probably have a lot. You say, How's Scoot's, what's Scoot's going to talk about? And, you know, before it came out, I said, what am I going to talk about? And then as I watched it, I was like, uh, okay, I guess I could do a five-minute episode of sleep with me. Uh, but then I was thinking, like, wasn't it like something like, you know how I do those Tale of the Tape episodes? There's something in the back of my mind that was familiar As even though everything, you know, voice, the, the music, Holy cow, the music, the sound design, the acting, the directing, the misdirection, the writing, it was all there, but there was just something in the back of my mind where I was like, wait a second. Uh, what about this is so familiar. And I really got lucky as far as recording this episode, because I realized that, that, uh, he said, wait a second, this is a, uh, and I said, the long, is it a long night? And I said, no, no, that's, that was what they probably said, uh, a tall night. That was what Brianne's episode could have been called. Party Har Har. But I said, uh, no, the long night. And then I said, oh, wait a second. There was like, so in the eighties, there was this uh, small genre of film, a ski comedy. And it was the glory days of skiing before snowboarding made skiing and snowboarding super popular. And it was considered like, uh, I don't know. It was just this, it was like a, you say, what, what, what about taking that comedy that was about summer camp and we, we, we can't come up with any new ideas. So let's just put that in the mountains and we call it something else. And they said, Great. There was this one great uh, '80s ski, ski comedy called uh, S- A "Snowdown: The Long Night," uh, and again, it was direct-to-video. Nobody's probably heard of it because it, like, uh, I can't find anything else about it. I think it got uh, taken. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just it was, so I, but I remember the movie. I must have watched it 85, 90 times. Though somehow on the first watch of this episode, I didn't remember it, but I said, okay, this works because I could just go through what I remember from the plot of the 80s comedy movie, Snowdown, The Long Night. And Snowdown 1 was originally, so Snowdown, The Long Night was actually Snowdown 2. It was about two different ski- competing ski resorts, uh, one called Winterfell. I don't know how I forgot that either. And the other one, uh, now this was in the eighties. It has nothing to do with present day, but it was called the veil. Like it was in, took place in Colorado or no Aspen. I don't know. No, no, it was Aspen. I'm sorry. I get, I get every, I get all this mixed up. So it was Aspen. I don't know if if Vale veil and Aspen. Uh, Okay. No, it was Aspen. I don't know why I get that mixed up. Probably some, I've never been to, I've never been skiing in Colorado, believe it or not, one day or snowboarding. Uh, But in uh, uh, Snowdown One, just it was called the Snowdown. It was about these two competing ski resorts: the family-run Northern Resort Winterfell, and then Aspen, which was getting uh, run by. It was run usually a haven for the rich uh, and famous, and they wanted to build a run. You know, landing. They wanted to take Winterfell, plow the mountain and build a runway for private jets to land. And the that was a big, the big movie was about how, uh, Rob, who was, uh, the, the family, the star of the Winterfell family, Stark's, uh, family run resort and went up and get raced. Uh, or was it Benjen? I don't know, but so it was, or was it Ned? I don't know, one of the Starks, older Starks, was in a race for the rights to Winterfell, you know, because they get suckered, you know, the so the Aspen people, they suckered them somehow. And the Aspen was a family, like, of like you know, Aspen, you know, like, uh, I don't know, we'll get into it, because uh, it's in this movie, too. But that, that's just basically an like, attempt to do this plot a lot of Snowdown 1. It was uh, Winterfell was just saved. You know, but they weren't ready to let it go. They still, they said, wait a second. And then, believe it or not, the Aspens, in between the first movie and the second movie, learned not only could they have, that, that, okay, because of uh, the way things changed, they said, oh, we're not going to be able to expand only if we buy the existing uh, resorts, because they say, we can't build anything new now because there's new regs. And so they found out Winterfell was worth its weight in gold. And they were going to take over Winterfell. Uh, and again, much like a lot of these 80s movies, they said, uh, well, first there was hand-wringing going on. That's the first, how the movie opens. And we see Sam, who, who was like uh, one of the they, like one of the kids went away to school at, at Wall Academy. And this was one of his best friends. That was John. Jon Snow, uh, this was his best friend, Sam, one of, you know, book smart, uh, but not street smart. And Sam is just wringing his hands because this is it. This is the uh, snowdown, but like in the Olympic edition, because this was around like one of the Olympics. So, so they're going to have all these competitions uh, to see who the, for the rights again to Winterfell. Or to, to to Aspen, like so. This one, like uh, the winner, Winterfell would win Aspen, or Aspen would win Winterfell, and there was a four games scheduled. But the movie the movie reveals them in in stages. Uh, the first one is a, just a snow like snowdown, which is kind of like a snowball snowball snow fort fight. Uh, in perpet, until one team just gives up. So it's like a snowball fight. Till one team gets, uh, gives up. They say, well, I want to go inside and then get warm or whatever. And so we're in Winterfell, you know, they're, you know, they don't have like the corporate money, the investors. So they're all getting ready and Sam's hand wringing and he gets handed one of those trowels because he's supposed to be shaping snow for the snow fort or shaping snowballs. And we start to go through scenes of everybody getting ready because they're getting their snow fort ready, making sure their snowballs are ready. Uh, We see that the younger siblings, like the little kids, they have to go in. Because this is like, you know, you say, well, it's for fun, but it's also for the family business. Uh, So all the younger kids are going to go in and have hot cocoa. Now, not young Liana Mormon. She says, no, 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 I'm staying. uh, You know, I want this... uh, she's you know she's she's cool she's tough we see Tyrion, who went to once worked for, for a family that had a ski resort in the south uh but you know you know the whole like I don't know, you haven't seen the movie it's very similar to game of thrones though uh he found out he was banned from the games because he's too smart like the the aspen said that Tyrion's too smart can't participate Uh, They said because of a technicality that he was once married to uh, Sansa and uh, also a member of family that owns another resort. We start to see all the forts. All the kids are getting ready uh, to go. Uh, Tyrion grabs his stuff. Uh, We see Bran, the youngest uh, Stark, uh, and uh, the Ironborn. Uh, and uh, theon and uh w- this is a second game uh this is also so either one of these two games if you win it you win the whole competition there's just a couple sub games that i don't know you know they're just in there to fill the plot out but uh this one so brand's the youngest uh stark and then somehow the aspens got to pick the rules so the oldest aspen and the youngest stark uh if one of them it gets hit by a snowball, the other team wins. So, so kind of like, uh, like capture the flag or something like that. Like, uh, but in this case, you just have to hit brand with a snowball or the older, the older, uh, Aspen, uh, who calls himself the Aspen King, he, uh, the King of Aspen, all those things. He's the greatest skier, you know, all, you know, in, in all of Colorado. So. What was it? So we see Bran and Theon getting ready. That's just another rule thing. Everybody's getting ready. We see Davos. He work, you know. He used to like running the the kitchen. He's the onion knight they call him. We see Sansa and Arya. Two of the Stark kids. Uh, uh, Sansa's got side eyes going. Uh, Two of those uh, something snowballs. Oh, two hounds. Uh, we see two hounds. What are those hounds called? The ones, uh, Benjamin hounds? What are those, whatever those are called? Uh, two of the biggest ones, the, the dogs that, uh, they carry the, the, the cask around their neck. Uh, so we see two of them. Uh, we see snowball launchers, uh. Uh, then the Dothraki kids that, uh, they, they joined up with the Starks. They said, because, you know, you'll get we'll, you, some of this you could figure out, but they were going to work with the Starks. They're on bikes and they're winterized bikes with, uh, with skis. Then we see Podbran, uh, Jamie, uh, Grey Worm. Grey Worm's got uh, the, uh, Unsullied Dance Crew, uh, Torman. What does that say? The Hound, Ormond, B- Elberic, the Hound, Gendry. We see Ed, Sam shows up late for the snowball, you know, the kickoff for the snowdown. And they're waiting for the Aspen kids and their crew to show up. It's quiet, uh, quiet as winter's night. Uh, Jorah's there with one of the, the, the Stark's loyal, loyal dog, uh, Uh, Wolfie Poo Uh, then the red this woman they call her the red woman she lives on like the 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 one street the cul-de-sac she shows up and everybody's kind of dismissed her in the first movie except for a couple people who are nice to her that's why she shows up and we see the winter romance uh, John and the Khaleesi and there's some tension between them. Now, the Khaleesi's a character very much like uh, the Olivia Newton-John's character in, uh, what's that movie called, Greece. She showed up, and she's a, this great skier from Europe. Uh, she threw everything off. Everybody had a crush on her. Everyone wanted to date her. Uh, John finally did find, I mean, finds out he's, she's his aunt, but that was, like, because they said uh, because of like one of the like he went to the library and said, "Hey, let me check my family tree." And they said, "Oh, you, you, did you know that Khaleesi, the that super great skier that's so popular, she's on your family tree?" So that's a little tension between the two of them. And they have those hounds. Uh, they're going to ride them in a hound race. Uh, what are those called? I forget what they're called. I want to call them Benjamin Hounds, but I know they have a name that you just can't remember. Uh, davos sees a red woman she gave him uh, i think he delivered some to her house once and she tipped him five cents on like an 80 dollar food pizza order so he's never been happy about that uh but she goes up to a uh, jorah now sir jora he's a he's like one of these super experienced old school skiers he but he also had a crush on khaleesi Yeah. Uh, but now he's leading like he's trying to help in and, the and, uh, red woman says "I have all these super soakers with warm water in them. And it's a perpetual warm water machine battery operated. All the batteries are charged I have them for all the Dothraki kids. And he says, for what? And she says to melt their snowballs and the others. And he says, Holy cow, that just might work. And first door doesn't buy it, but you know, he comes around, uh, she gives them all out. She also has glow sticks. Uh, she says it's dark out. You know, you can't be riding your bikes. Uh, she says, these are great glow sticks. Uh, so then everybody's pumped up. They go, we can just melt their snowballs and avoid this whole thing. Uh, send the dance raki out, beat the rich kids uh, from Aspen and it'll be done. And the red woman says the gray worm, Valor Magulis, uh, says, Valor Doharis, uh, one Onion Knight doesn't like it still. He says, you, you can't tip five cents on an $80 order. And she says, don't worry. He said that to her. And she says, don't worry. I'm leaving town tomorrow. And he goes, okay, whatever. Arya also has something, a history with the Red Woman, but not related to food delivery lots of the draft kids they oh they also start ringing their bike bells to really like really gives cheer to everybody and then they head out and they actually coordinate because they do like this glow stick dove shape on their bikes and they they launch the snow catapults in front of them and it's a school bike squad uh, you know and they're going to melt the things you see all the glow sticks uh, and they head out. They're ringing their bells, uh, and then it, it becomes a little bit more intense because you say you, they can't see uh, where all the Aspen kids are, how many kids the Aspens have, have gotten to help them, yeah, because in a, in a snowdown there's really not that many rules. Uh, and then all the bike you don't. Then all the glow sticks go out. All the bike bells stop ringing. A couple bikes roll back on their own. And we find out that the Dothraki, uh they, uh, it didn't like they didn't get rid of any snowballs, and some of them got snowed the, themselves. Uh, uh, John wanted a bar, board brand Khaleesi, but John said John and Khaleesi are supposed to be in this race with the two. Uh, dogs, riding the dogs. They're huge dogs. Don't worry. These are rideable dogs. And then they're D- D- Khaleesi says, no, 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 we got to uh, she goes, this dog race is a distraction. And he, John goes, yeah, we got to protect Bran from getting snowballed. And she goes, no, no, we got to get into the snowdown. We got to go to the snowdown where all uh, the rest of the team is. So Dothraki was with my team. And I convinced them. And so, let's see. Gray Worm's ready. Everybody's ready. Uh, The kids from Aspen, they have kids of, uh, I don't know, they have tons of kids. I guess the kids from Aspen show up now, and they're throwing snowballs like uh, you've never seen it before. And again, there is one rule. Only throw a snowball, you'd be be, uh, okay with catching on your end. So that is one rule. So that makes sure everybody feels comfortable saying within the rules. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of snowballing. They have tons of hived hive to help. Oh, hired help. Yeah, they say there's not that many kids in Aspen, and they say, oh no, uh, we hired help from out of town, tons of it. Uh, we see Jamie, uh, Brian have some clo- Jamie and Brian have some close calls. Because really, it's about just staying as dry as you can. Because you don't want to get hit with too many and be wet. Then you get cold. So that's kind of secret. Is get it? You just don't want to get wet and cold. Uh, so Khaleesi si- si- signs up with John. With them. Oh, okay. So the Khaleesi didn't tell John this, but her oh her dogs the dogs are Khaleesi's dogs. They sneeze a lot. So they start riding among the Aspen kids, sneezing and slobbering, which does get, get gross some uh, Aspen kids out, especially the rich ones. And they head home. Again, amazing music. Uh, but then John sees something that catches his eye. First, I didn't know what it was, but then the third time I figured it out. It was the uh, the main Aspen kids, the the ones that are going to inherit the ski, you know, the, that uh, aspire to be like their parents, running the show. I don't know how their parents entered into this business proposal anyway. Maybe they inherited it between the two movies. Because uh, the the, uh, the Starks, they own the ski resort. Uh, so I guess maybe the Aspen kids do too. I know two of them were Jake and Jacob, uh, but I don't know the rest of their names. Uh, and uh, then... The, Their dad, oh, so then John heads his dog towards them. But they're rich, right? And I guess, like, maybe this was, like, the last thing their dad did for them was buy them uh, snow machines. Uh, And talk about throwing off a snowball flight is uh, having giant professional snow machines. So John, kind of like a sucker, flies right into the snow machine and gets lost. And then so does Khaleesi. Now, Arya, she's one of the sharks, uh, she says to her sister, Sansa, she goes, why don't you, she goes, I just got something in my gut that tells me, you need to go where all the little kids are, and all the grandparents having hot cocoa, go back there and keep an eye on things. And Sansa says, shouldn't I stay here? She goes, no, 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 these Aspen kids are no good. Uh, They're cheaters. Uh, That's what Sansa says, or I mean Arya. And so Sansa says, okay, I'll do it. Uh, Snow Machine makes a huge mess. Then we see uh, Theon Bran and the Ironborn. And they're ready to keep Bran from getting hit by a snowball. They have lots of snowballs. Uh, Oh, then there's this thing called snow washing. I don't want to get into it, but Sam gets snow washed. Ed tries to help him uh because get, get back up and then ed gets cold and wet and ed says i'm cold and wet i'm going home just get warm uh sansa goes back into the house uh this is an old farmhouse uh out on the estate uh well it's not really say just a you know it's just like the, the edge of the ski property where the the starks all live uh she goes in there but and everyone's concerned of course uh They say, how's it going? We don't, this is like our property. We don't want to lose it to the Aspens. And then she says, we don't want to lose uh, our town. Oh, yeah. Uh, Then we see Missandei. It gives uh, Sansa a weird look. uh, Goes kind of like, shouldn't you be out there helping? Why are you down here? I think that's what her look said. I couldn't read it. Uh, Everyone... Read her face. Things. Oh, everyone could read her face, uh Sansa's face. That things aren't going so hot. The so Tyrion, They think he's of age, but he drinks some wine. Uh, John's so lost in the snow machine show. He, he, him and his dog bump into Khaleesi's and her dog. Yeah. Uh, then Tormund says, "We got to fall back to our snow fort." At this point, they're in front of the snow fort. It was really a snow castle you know, built around the Winterfell Lodge and everything. So he says, fall back to the snow forts. Brianne says, fall back to the snow forts. Uh, uh, Liana, Liana, Mr. Mormont, she says, open the gates, uh, which they made from like an old door. A gray worm and his dance crew, they try to um, keep everybody from getting hit by snowballs while they go into the forts. Yeah, uh, like shields, kind of. Uh, uh, then John and Khaleesi they get they lose one another in the snow snow bank or snowstorm. Brian uh, Brian wants John checks on. I think this means I don't know what that says, but uh, uh, Jamie and Brian help one another. There's so many Aspen kids. There's some great music too. Uh, but just too many, uh, uh, Aspen kids, uh, Aria, uh, oh, she throws a snowball at somebody chasing the hound with like a giant snow, snow, like a shovel full of snow. Then the Unsullied try to fall back, uh, uh fall back. They say, but the Unsullied stay behind. Most of them stay behind to protect, uh, because they say if the kids just ran into the snow fort, there's so many Aspen kids, uh. They could just take all the snowballs. And I mean these kids have like Gore-Tex on, so it's not like they're getting cold anytime soon. Khaleesi's nowhere like Trex key ring part of the plan. Oh, so then they say they had this other plan, which was to uh uh like to 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 light all this warm like these hand warming stations. Uh, so everybody could get warm, but Khaleesi's the only one she's old enough that she could, uh, she was like in charge. The adults said, okay, you could turn on all of the, uh, cause there's propane. You could turn on all the propane hand warming stations and all the other people, they try to do it, but they don't, you know, they're, they're, they're just kids. They don't even know how to turn on a hand warming, you know, like a restaurant warmer. Yeah, gray worms out of breath uh, I notice that red woman shows up now she's an adult uh, and they say wait a second and she says yeah I can turn on propane I'm an adult uh, yeah, but then there's so many snowballs the unsullied and gray worm have to escort her there and after she builds that up she can't get the, the igniter to work uh, and it takes her a bunch of tries so I was going to count how many tries let me see it would take a minute, but yeah, I mean, can you believe how closely this movie uh, matches? This? I said, wait a second, is this like a Shaffer for shot remake of an 80s uh, ski comedy? Uh but it, I really think, I guess it, I mean, I guess that's how it works out, huh? Okay, there's John, Lost in the Snow, Khaleesi Fall Back, Open the Door. So here she goes. Let's see. So she's walking up. She's about to press a button and she puts her hand on the button and, uh, she presses it once, uh, twice, three times. Uh, I can't get, I guess you can't do it. The closed captioning is not really good. So I guess I don't know, four or five, six times. And finally on the last one, right when they need to, their hands warmed because it's really snowing now. I don't know if it's natural a snow machine, but she gets it lit. Uh, and then everyone gets in, gets their hands warmed and catches their breath, uh, because you, they say, "Okay, these uh, the the Winterfell kids are getting warm. The Aspen kids are like, what should we do? We need to get told what to do by the uh, rich Aspen kids because we're the hired uh, the goon squad or whatever.'" Uh, let's see, Hound, Barrick. The Hound says, "This is enough for me, man. I don't know about this whole thing. Why am I helping?" Because even if you own a family sized ski resort, you're rich. Why am I just, what, what am I doing? Uh, Sansa's with her grandparents. Uncle Varys is down there. Uh, let's see. Tyrion wishes he could be up there. He can't believe he got banned from the thing. Sansa says, There's nothing you can do. Or I. She says, Witty remarks won't make a difference. Uh, the truth, uh, must uh, so She says this. Uh, the most heroic thing we can do is look the truth in the face. Uh, I thought that would be great. Uh, she was talking about the economics because she's like. Uh, she's like uh, kind of uh, it's kind of a bummer. She's like the, she kind of agrees with the hound. She's like. These economics uh, even our ski resort. Uh, and she goes, you know, everybody says a buzzkill. Uh, we should have stayed. Oh, then they talk about, you know, maybe we should have stayed dating because those two had dated uh, or maybe even been married. Uh. And Sansa, you know, Sansa, she's just a kid. She says, well, it wouldn't have worked out because I know you have a thing for the ice queen, Khaleesi. And she forgets her best BFFs are like, standing right there. And Masande Missandei says, WTF, yo. And they say, oh, snap. That was more of the look of Sansa's face said, oh, snap. Uh, then Theon looked exactly like Link from, uh, 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 what do you call it? I'm not kidding. I don't know what the time is, uh, actually should be coming up here, but he looks exactly like Link from Legend of Zelda. Cool. Very cool. He apologizes to Bran and Bran says, buddy, you're here with your crew, your family, uh, and then Brian says, you know, I got to go. I'm going to go into my, like, uh, channeling in the bird zone. I don't know what his birds did. So maybe this, uh, like, maybe they pooped on the other kids. I don't know. I don't know if this has to do with the next episode or the, uh, another one. And then we see the oldest, King Aspen on his giant, he's got his giant dog. He's trying to, uh, race. He says to the kids, uh, because the walls of the snow Forest are very high. And he says, You want to get over those walls of the snow fort, a human pyramid, yo? He goes, a Hand warming. He goes, Just make a human pyramid and climb over the walls and throw snowballs. What am I dad paying you for? And they say, Okay, right away. Uh, okay, here's where Theon looks like a link, just in case you want to see it. It's like at uh, 33, oh, 3345. He's standing there just like straight out of Legend of Zelda. Uh, very cool. Uh, and they did a great job with Theon in this episode. It was so good. So they do, in the Aspen crew, they do a human pyramid. They start to get over the walls. Uh, why did you not do that earlier? I don't know what that means. Uh, then John chooses... Uh, John, oh, John Chase is then the Old Assassin says, what if we have a dog race uh, to see who wins it all? Really just a distraction. And then the pyramids really start to work. Uh, so then Snowdown, it goes on. Like, uh, Snowdown's on. like uh, And there's snowballs flying. We see Jamie and Brianne, Sam, uh, dealing with the Aspen kids that are inside the yard. Uh, so they're inside the snow fort in the yard of the Stark house and, uh, you know, the, the lodge and the, you know, where the Stark kids live, uh, the hounds taking a break. Ari does this like uh, snowball ballet. You know, she's learned, uh, uh, bravosian snowball ball ballet. Uh, Brianne. Oh, Barrick, uh, He looks, he's watch Davos watches on Barrick tries to help, uh, uh Ari is you know she's kind of got too many aspen kids uh then a seven foot kid like a linebacker like seven foot like shaquille O'Neal sized uh rolls into the yard uh and uh like it starts just, just throwing snow on everybody Ari is outnumbered barrack says yo hound what's up uh let's help aria if you don't want to help uh you know, the ski industrial complex. And he says, it's called the winter industrial complex. And he goes, can't let them snow aria. He was tell her that you don't believe in friendship. Uh, is in Leanne, Leanna Mormont. Uh, she takes out this, she, they both her, they, they do a double snow wash, uh, Leanna and the seven footer. They both get cold. And they're both done like throwing snowballs. Uh, they want to be warm. Uh, John chases uh, the uh, King Aspen uh, Khaleesi chases uh, they get lost. Uh, to, uh, oh then the top uh, King Aspen shows up oh, this is a racing or uh, the dog racing thing. but he's not playing fair anyway. Kind of like uh, pod racing in that Star Wars movie or something. Yeah, so that game's called out. Then uh, some kids call out this hide-and-seek game, uh, and they say, Aria, like, if if you hide, and, we like, it's a reverse hide-and-seek because it's, like, all these Aspen kids, and they say, Aria, if you hide and we can't find you, we'll give your family the deed to both places. But Aria didn't know how many Aspen kids were hired, so there's, like, tons of them. Uh, so it's like, uh, how are you going to hide from, like, 100 seekers? So she tries to hide. She finds a good spot, but she actually has this runny nose, uh, and she sneezes. And uh, then it's like, what's going to happen? Then what does this say? Surf blurp to OK book the un. That's what my note says. She sneezes. Surf blurp, OK book the un. So that happened. I don't remember that. Uh, a trick tries to snarl out of the barn. I don't know. I think she really did some cool move. But, oh yeah, she she does some move and she tries to sneak out from where all the sneak seekers are looking. Yeah, but then the kids kind of then she realizes how many answering kids there are, so she just runs because they have to still tag her. So it's kind of hide and seek, but you know you still have to tag the person. And she agreed to it, I guess. So, so it is like a bi- legally binding if they catch her. Yeah, back in the stark yard everyone is working what is happening you know there's lots of snow there's snowballs everywhere and then all of a sudden the snowballs where the kids are and the grandparents the snowballs are hitting the, oh yeah downstairs uh all their windows yeah hound and barrack they try to help aria get away so she doesn't get tagged uh uh, the hound actually carries her, so they run faster. Barrack stays behind to slow down the seekers. Uh, he gets snow, a lot of snow on him, but he's still kind of trying to keep warm. You'd think there'd be more. I guess there was so much skiing in the first movie, that's why there's no skiing in this movie. This is also just the climax of the movie. Okay, so they try to. Um, where was I, uh Bre- 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 Okay, so then, oh, so then they get into an outhouse and nobody sees. It's covered in snow and they close the door and they say, it's got a secret exit uh, and Barrack says, you know what, I'm called? I'm stopping playing. And then the red woman's there and she says, now his purpose has been served. Uh, and she Ari says, I know you. And she goes, and I know you. And she says, You said we'd meet again. And the red woman says, And here we are. She goes, This is the end of one of the ski resorts. Uh, and Aria says, You just said I'd let it snow, lots of eyes. And she goes, Brown eyes, green eyes, and blue eyes, yo. And Arya goes, Blue eyes. That makes me think of A S P E N. And she goes, Get to work. Uh, and she goes, By the way, what do we say to Aspen? and Ari says, not today, and so Ari is out, uh, and we see Theon and Bran uh, waiting, and Theon says, here comes the snowballs, make every throw count, uh, we see John and the Aspen King r- r- racing on dogs, he's giant, uh, I almost thought of the name of it, it's not Benjamin Hound, though, I know that. And John actually, uh, first Aspen Kid falls off his dog, so he can't t- technically win this race. Uh, John falls off of his. Uh, still big snowbills. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, but Jora Jorah hears the dog, Khaleesi's dog, calling. And Khaleesi actually super soaks Aspen King. Yeah, with with super soaker, not with warm water. And she's like, I should end it all. Like uh, she didn't snowball him. And technically she's not a star. I guess she is a technique. I don't know. But so she uses water and says no. And she's like, well, he'll quit, you know, because he's going to be wet. And then if I then John's trying to catch up. uh, And she's like, how come he didn't give up? He shows that he has a full wetsuit on underneath his clothes. Uh, so he'll never be cold. Yeah, uh, Let's see. And he just like smiles. Uh, John chases after him. And he stops and kind of like he turns his ear a little bit. Like he's listening to something. Then he turns around because John was trying to sneak up behind him. And he, John goes, I'm going to catch you. And he goes, uh, my dad just hired a bunch of your friends for help. Uh, he goes, he pays quadruple. And John goes, no way. And he goes, yeah, all your friends, most of your friends, they work for my family now, including Ed. And then they start throwing snowballs at John. John's friends, uh, newly hired. Then we see Pod, Tormin. uh, Oh, when they they turn, they wear blue contacts. uh, So Ed has blue contacts on. Not Pod or Tormin, though. They're still fighting for the Starks. uh. Then you see the whole Aspen crew. Uh, the actual of like uh, full entitlement dudes and they are walking in. Then we're back at home, like down, like where the hot cocoa and the kids are. Yeah, we're bouncing around here by a bit. Then we see Theon and Bran. Theon's still like, uh, keeping Bran from getting snowed. Yeah, Khaleesi uses her super soaker. She she uses her super soaker against John's former friends that now work for the Aspens. Yeah, uh, somebody says, oh Barrack or Brienne or somebody says go. Oh, Khaleesi says, to John, oh John says Bran, and Khaleesi says, go get him, hero. And then Jorah stays and helps the Khaleesi. Yeah, uh, but the Aspen, they they. Uh, uh, her dog has to run away basically. Uh oh, that's when Jorah shows up. Uh, also, somebody starts rain like the song Raining Men is playing. Uh John does not even oh, John doesn't even he's in such a hurry to help Bran, he doesn't even stop for Sam. He's in full hero mode. Uh we get a taste of Super Theon again. Uh Bran's is still out there like an outer spaceman. Uh, they rise in Winterfell. Oh, also they are giving out Red Bulls. The Aspens, uh, not only they hire all John's friends, they give them all Red Bulls. So they're all like pumped up. Uh, Aspen in the new ravioli king. Aspen walks off. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, Aspen in the new route, Ra- route Ra- Tick- Queen, king, Uh, great music. Uh, We see all the Aspens together. There was like 11. I don't know if it counts the king Aspen, though. So there may be 12. Uh, uh, Then we're downstairs with the hot cocoa and the grandparents, the great-grandparents. And we start seeing that not only are these Aspen kids throwing snowballs, they have eggs in them. So they're like egging the house with snowballs. And then they, oh, wait, then Super Khaleesi, uh, something, Tyrion and Sansa are sneaking around trying to avoid getting egged. Then younger Aspen kids and older, like Aspen great-grandparents are in the house, the Stark's house with yellow snowballs. I mean, talk about violating all decency. So there's there's grandparents throwing yellow snowballs at grandparents uh, watching over the little kids, uh, and Arya and Tyrion obviously can't stand stand for that, so they're going to try to put a stop to it. Not in this house, they say. Then John realizes he wants to tame King Aspen's dog, who's running around without a leash and going to the bathroom everywhere. So John, in the John's like, he can't just let this dog go to the bathroom all over our property. So he's trying to catch Blue Flame. That's the name of uh, the Aspen King's dog. Oh, there's piano playing. Is Jorah, like fully? So Jorah was always had a crush on Khaleesi. Khaleesi's like, I just want to be friends. Uh, but he goes like uh, full redemption mode. She was like, you know, why can't we just be friends? Why do you gotta uh, try to make it more than that? It just like a Mormon, she says, uh, that was in the first movie. Then John's running, but, the, you know, he's trying to catch the, the blue flame dog and, and put a leash on that dog. Dion and his uh, ironborn friends, they do a great job of keeping Brand from getting any snow on him. And then we get a shot of the slow-walking Aspen kids. Uh, then Jorah, uh, uh, keeping the Khaleesi from getting snowed. Uh, we see how hard, like, even though they weren't it was central to the episode, Jamie, Pod, Brianne, Sam are working so hard, you know, no one wants to lose this ski resort, particularly to the Aspens, uh, and there's more slow walking Aspens, uh, yeah. And then we see Brian and the 11 to 12 Aspens, uh, uh, yeah, and then Theon's there. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's one of me. And eleven to twelve rich entitled Aspens. Uh and Brian says, Don't be an ass, you know, don't be an ass. No, he says, Sien, you're a good man. And then the second rewatch, I mean the first one there was tears at this, but it, I had goosebumps uh on the second watch. And he says, You're a good man, thank you. Like uh, you kept me snow free. Why don't you like Siena says, Well, I'll see what I could do. And so King Aspen steps up. Uh, him and Theon have a snowdown, but Theon gets iced like tea, man. Uh, he's ice cold. And Brand kind of stares like a yes a stare, like bring it. Uh, uh, like the Raven is ready because uh, King Aspen's like, I'm gonna snow you. I'm gonna win your family's ski resort. We'll have total ski resort dominance. You guys, it'll, he goes, I'll give you the outhouse. and uh, Maybe you could ski down the mountain on it. Uh, John, John's still trying to collar the dog, getting covered in slobber, which, you know, you don't want to get covered in slobber when it's cold outside. Uh, Jora gets uh, covered in snow. He doesn't have a snowsuit on. Uh, but he's keeping the Khaleesi from getting cold because she actually doesn't have, like, a good waking on. Uh, the hand of the oh, then there's like this close up of the hand of the the Aspen kid, King Aspen, doing the slow walk. Ian uh, Branch just waiting there. The music's unbelievable. Uh, John's trying to get to catch the dog. Still, uh, there's building music. Uh, more slow walking. King Aspen because he's just a heartthrob too. Kind of like he's like the Val Kilmer in the Top Gun, Iceman. Man. I think it's probably the same movie. I mean, same. Maybe it was Val Kilmer played it in this movie because it was the eighties. Uh, Brand does not even look at him until he gets closer. Then Brand looks up. Uh, he locks eyes with the with, uh, King Aspen. who has got these perfect blue eyes. They lock eyes with one another. Music is still building. And as kind of turns his head, like, almost like, something's not right here. Uh, I think it was more that Bran was not worried, because Bran, like, totally, I mean, Bran's like, dude, I've been chilling since I became Strad Raven. Chill's my middle name. You know, you can't say, oh, so, Raven. Like, unless you say it like that, if you say, oh, so, Raven, you know, he goes to, because I'm chill. Uh, John tries to, get, to catch the dog by barking at it. Uh, is a last resort because he says, I'm in a hurry and I'm still trying to catch this dog. Uh, Aspen raises his hand with uh, to a snow uh, Bran. And then out of nowhere, uh, Bran's sister, uh, the coolest person in the history of the world, Arya, dives on the screen like she ski jumps off of something in the screen and she does this move that no one's ever done before. It, like originally, this was in the first movie. There was this legendary skier, Linda, Lindy Johnson. Yeah, uh, That's how they won the, the resort was by Linda, Lindy Johnson. So Aria does a double Linda, Lindy snowball switch. Uh, where she like dives in, uh, you know, whatever, off a snowboard or something. Uh, towards uh the uh aspen kid like she's going to throw it with one hand and he goes raises his hand catches her hand so she like so she won't throw the snowball and then she drops the snowball like into her other hand and and that's it she as soon as he's touched with snow the thing's over yeah plenty of witnesses so everybody says uh okay we lost you know that's it uh and all of the Aspen kids, their minds are blown. They say, I can't believe it. How am I going to go? I thought I was going to go to an Ivy League school and, you know, pay some, you know, pay so, you know I could have had this Seamless every single night or I could have chosen what delivery service. Now I'll have to get a job. Uh, we cut to Jorah, who's wet and cold and tired. John, who's breathing. Uh, but you know this movie was made before there was like squad goals which was like 10 years ago anyway but we see that the main squad is still left uh we see uh aria bran oh Arya and bran exchange this to look like bran goes damn you're good with snowball's sister you just saved the entire family and also expanded you know well that's great uh um, let's see. Then Khaleesi, she says, uh, Jorah's like, I got to go inside and get warm. And he goes, "In matter of fact, I'm going to go back. He goes, actually, I'm done with the North. Uh, I'm done with Colorado. I'm moving to Florida. And, uh, she, she, she so it was a little bit sad because he says, you know what? Like, I'm not going to go. She goes, cause he goes, I'm like, I got to get warm. And she goes, well, we'll just come inside. And he goes, no, no, no. I'm moving to Florida right now. But then her dog shows up to lick her hand, you know, and give her a kiss. So they kind of cheer and snuggle her. So that cheers her up a little bit. Yeah, uh, Then we see the hound, the red woman, who stares down to the something, something. I think the hound stares her down. Yeah, then Davos, what does that say for Winterfell? Oh, she skis. That's what it is. The hound and the red woman are walking. And then that red woman puts on skis. And then we see Davos watching. And she goes, I'm skiing out of here. I'm skiing down the mountain. And, uh, you know, she goes, I'm leaving town too. And she's not even wearing her snowsuit. Uh, uh, so I don't know. It's just a sure. Sh- that was how the movie ended. But I guess, like, she was the old traditions leaving. Uh, along with all the Aspens and stuff. And so that's how the episode uh, came to it. I mean, that was how the movie closed. Uh, and then they had like some uh, slapstick, uh, what do you call those, bloopers. But it was just a classic film, you know, classic 80s uh, comedy. Now, let's see, just a couple of quick facts because we're really, uh, this is a really long episode, huh? Uh, the long night, well, I'll just link to him cause it's, it, we're already like, uh, pushing time-wise. Uh, so I'll have some links in here. We still got, you know, don't worry. We still got time and pounce and the prayers coming up. Uh, but thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody that was involved in making that show. Cause oh boy, was it was a great, uh, yeah, here you go. Here's timing and pounce. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Fred's being the binary. Welcome to the K-Pounds Family Fun Radio Hour. No, 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 no it's uh, something more cool than that. Uh, well, we now interrupt your uh, special the uh, K-Pounds Family Fun, K-Pounds, the radio station of best friends, cats, and children everywhere, where children, cats, and friendship existed. But we now break your uh, regularly scheduled the family fun hour for this special broadcast of The Adventures of Tom and Pounce uh, in in the world of noir chardonnay. K-Pounce, the radio of friendship uh, of boys and girls and friends beyond the binary and cats everywhere. Friendship uh, at K-Pounce. It's a little too much, but decent. Hello, everyone. I'm Sir Tom, and welcome to another episode of The Adventures of... uh, Sir pounce and I in the world of uh, noir chardonnay. I'm, I'm. You, you may know me as your grace so your lord, my grace. Uh, it's your grace actually, though, not my grace. Uh, I am your grace. And uh, here's another adventure with uh, Sir, pa- Sir pounce. Uh, and introduce the show. I mean, I well, Sir pounce. That was very good, and it was a, it was a very good night. Uh, Sir pounce and I. We're sitting after a grand evening at the Noir Chardonnay's Club where music and art and discussion had happened. the air was uh, thick with the smoke and uh, the things that, uh, you know, the sweat, I'd say, water vapor in the air. We sat there with Noir Chardonnay. They were... uh, You know, still, uh, you know, they were on the the tail side of the up from performing. When Noir Chardonnay looked across the room at me and said something like, uh, Tom, it's time to take on one of your most important cases. You and Sir Pounce uh, have to deal with uh, your next case. And I said, who's the next case? And Noir Chardonnay said, remember the person that was in the club? who made a scene, uh, you know, started, uh, we called it heckling the performers, and uh, we stopped the show, and we said to that person, if they wanted to refund, you know, the the, the mission for everyone there and each performer for the time, they could keep going on their their thing, but otherwise they would need to leave. And uh, they, they had a few more things to say, and then they were shown the door. By, you know, by one noir chardonnay. Noir chardonnay said, you know who that is. That's your next case, Tom, and track it down. And I asked, so, so Pounce and I hit the streets of the big city, the city that sleeps when it's, the city never sleeps, but the people of the city sometimes sleep, sometimes they don't. They sleep on different schedules. But so Pounce and I were out on the streets Pounce walking, Head and tail, head held high, looking around, uh, enjoying the bustle and the hustle of the city. The place was somebody like me, if for once could be forgotten uh, in, in a good way, especially when someone's is close and giving me a sense of security and safety, uh, that I could be just one among many, you know, knowing in my heart I was should be referred to as your grace. But the city had taught me one thing, the days there, uh, you know, that it was hard boiled and I was hard boiled and surpounded select you know, one thing we would do 'cause they'd said, What does it mean to be a hard boiled detective, uh, Noir Chardonnay? And uh Noir, then Scooter came and the and Scooter said, Well let me hard boil and I can show you And then Scooter went that he's the podman. He went on a long tirade about Eggs in medium boil, uh, and, and then it, then he but, but Sopounce likes to, like to play with the eggs, uh, not so much eat them as uh, paw them, you know, because they they move in an interesting fashion. But soon we found ourselves uh, in front of a building, a building uh, uh, gleaming with uh, excess uh, gold, and even the name on the front. Uh, well, there was like we'd passed a Joffrey's coffee, uh, but this just said Joff, uh, the Joff building, J-O-F-F on the front. Joff Tower, I believe it was called. Uh, other names, other buildings said his name on it as well. In gold, but not real gold, as I would have learned. And we headed in there, Sir Pounce and I. And we'd heard rumors about this Joff. Uh, making a scene at Noir Chardonnay's shows. But Noir Chardonnay had given me some inside knowledge uh, uh, and said, you know, that place inside you, Tom, and that trembles sometimes. Uh, they think you'll find that if you look deep enough into Joff. And, you know, sometimes they just got to tell it like it is, see? I don't need to work around the uh, subtextual things, say." Right, so bounce, we'll just get to the point. Uh, We were there to, uh, But first, of course, the gatekeepers tried to keep, they said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm here to speak to uh, his grace. Uh, And then they said, wait a second, who who is his grace? I said, the great Joff, uh, the wise Joff. uh, I have to tell you that, that I was, first, they didn't want to let me, first, I tried other things, but those didn't work. Old things that the old Tommy would try, but then I said, uh, you know, uh, so I said you, oh, w- I, I had heard there's this uh, ridiculous club in town, Noir Chardonnay runs it. Uh, everyone there feels uh, free to express themselves as they are, to work and hone the craft and uh, put it out there for the world to enjoy. Uh, lights are low and uh, people feel like, uh, it's the place, uh, but you know, there's some of us that are fed up with those things, uh, and I'm looking for someone that w- I heard w- t- tells it like it is, uh, and, uh, really should be a leader the world should recognize, uh, you know, they th- maybe they already do. They see the name on the building Joff. uh, and they know that there's a powerful, powerful person. Uh, and I know that. That's why I'm here. It's just to uh, bask in the glory. And it wasn't long before, you know, because uh, here's the thing. It's about, it's about, so what was Joff doing? My and mine. Yes, he was watching us. Uh, he was—he has monitors. Uh, you know, he, he was looking for people looking for him uh, to, to bask in his glory. And also, you know, I, I had learned that... Uh, Sometimes these things are just tests when these, uh, as in a while, you know, the trembling within us makes it. So of course we were escorted up and made to wait for too too long a time. Then we went into Joff's office, but he, you know, he was eating something succulent and delicious in front of us, but not offering in to, to us or acknowledging our presence and, do, and doing important things. But eventually uh, I sat there passively. As I have the ability to do is just to go, you know, uh, Sir Pounce was there and, uh, you know, cool as a cucumber. And I was there, you know, just thinking about fun things I like to do with Sir Pounce. Uh, and, you know, also I said, well, I'm now, uh, you know, Sir Pounce and I hit a crack this case, eh? And so eventually he got to us and he said, oh, what are you, what are you so you heard about me, uh, and Noah Chardonnay, eh? And I said, I heard you said some, some things, uh, and you tell it like it is. You're a real, this a beautiful, uh, your name on the building is so impressive. And he said, who's this here? And I said, this is my best friend and my cat, Sir Pounce. And there was something about the fact that I said best friend and I meant it. And Sir Pounce looked at me, you know, that didn't sit right with this job, uh, and so he tried to, he had, a, you know, the one of those long looks, uh, kind of like when you need to number two, but you hold, it, you, that was the look on his face. But, you know, he's thinking about how he was feeling and processing it. And he was going to say something about, you know, to, to, to try. And I said, okay, I need to do, this is all instantaneous, this happened. Uh, and I said, excuse me, Jeff, uh, you don't mind if I call you your grace, do you? it was a real sign of respect. Uh, and he said, I do not at all. And I said, you must uh, seem you know, see yourself as a natural leader, uh, you know, and, uh, leader of people. And you, you know, you, you, uh, you just got a you know, sick of, uh, noir Chardonnay, you know, uh, you you know, I remember the first time I went to North. Why don't you sit down, Joff? I'm going to do some talking here. And again, he was looking at Sir Pounce. And I said, Sir Pounce, this is the time we've got to reach deep here. we got to crack this case. He uh, said, Joff, why don't you meet Sir Pounce up close? Uh, and I could tell Sir Pounce, you know, Sir Pounce never forgets anything. Just remember that. Uh, you know, but, but Sir Pounce is wise and brave uh, and a best friend. And I said, Sir Pounce, will sit by you, Joff. You don't mind if uh, Sir Pounce uh, hops in your lap. Or you, you invite, you know, but uh, Sir Pounce jumped in the chair next to Joff uh, and just started purring. And then Joff started petting Sir And Sir was really working. It really a uh, really soothing Joff. I said, it's nice. That's uh, called purring. Uh, cats do it. I don't know. Uh, it's cool. And Sir Pounce is cool. Sir likes you sees that in you, uh, and uh, Joff kind of got a vague, absent-minded look uh, as uh, uh, Joff was petting us a pounce, and I said, listen here, uh, you know, maybe uh, there's something about Noir Chardonnay and the openness of that club and that community and the expression that goes on there. It really uh, sets you off, eh? And just said, yeah, 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 see? And I said, yeah, something doesn't, do, but, but maybe, uh, I rem-. and then I said, oh, I forgot. I was, I mean, I'm such a, a, a forgetful fussy-dussy. Right, Sir Pounce? And Sir Pounce said, Pam pam And he said, oh, your cat talks. And I said, it does. He uh, said, uh, Jav says cool. The way it hangs over the front of your head in that way—it's a mystery too. But I—I—I—I I, I, uh, I, I could see there's something trembling inside you. Like I don't know if you could—you uh, could feel it or you don't know it's there. Uh, but it, maybe it's a trembling right now in sync with Sir Pounce's purring. And Josh uh, jaw started. His jaw went a little slacker. Uh, his shoulders went a little looser. He said, yeah, and I said, uh, maybe when you go into Noir Chardonnay's place, maybe it was like when I went first went there, I was on, I was on guard, I felt out of place was like an outsider, and I felt intimidated by all this expression, all this encouragement and freedom and, and I, I don't know how else to say it, but love, uh. Uh, maybe it's curiosity, I don't know. But I found it a bit uh, uh, T-H-R-E-A-T-I-N-G-ing. But, uh, you know, first I, I was scoffed at it. And it wasn't till Noir Chardonnay uh, reached down and petted Sir uh, Pounce by the ears and said something that echoes through the decades and epochs of my life. Uh, Who's this uh, fine young cat? And I said, well, that's why that's Sir so pounce, uh, the bravest cat who's ever been, and my best friend. And then I realized uh, that I knew nothing. And Noir Charnay said, who are you, young man? And I uh, said, I'm uh, Tommen, Sir Tommen. I think I'm here to become a private uh, detective. And uh, Noir Charnay laughed and said, uh, private decay. Inch a pound that, and we all, and then Joff laughed for a second. Uh, and uh, I said, I don't know if that's what happened to you. Uh, maybe you don't see things with your eyes, you see them with that trembling within you. You see, Joff, there's one thing I can tell is that you're a boy, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, maybe there's a part of you that uh, doesn't think that's okay. Uh, But I I would say to you, you know, I learned something, and recently we took over the uh, operations of the Super Happy Fun Shop. Uh, And what I'd like to do is uh, just arrange for you uh, to be a kid for a little while and go there and play. You could work there. We have a special program where you don't even have to do much work. Uh, Mostly you just play games. and. uh Josh said does Sir Pounce come with me nice well uh you know what happened uh, Sir Pounce is my best friend, and uh, you you two are friends uh but this uh super happy fun shop happens to be at the back of forty five alleys here in the deep city, and down those alleys are a lot of cats, and it may just be a you know be careful because you know you could, you, you the cat may choose you if you're kind. And maybe the cat could feel you purring. You, you know, there's this idea of uh, self-care, and uh, purring. Maybe you could purr next to that vibration inside you, Joff. And you, we don't have to talk about it at all. I do the talking here. And so uh, that's what I say to you: is uh, go down there, play some games. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to Joff. Uh, and maybe a cat'll come into your life but maybe you'll have some fun and then maybe that'll loosen up whatever that is. Uh, and when that vibration's vibrating a little bit less trembling to vibrating, the two different things a bit, uh, come and see us. We'll be at the back in the wash Chardonnay's club. Uh, come say hi. I'll get you tickets. You could even meet in Chardonnay if you like, maybe apologize, maybe not. Uh, But that's it. Uh, Go on, uh, you know, have a good day. And Joff said to me, you mind taking my name off the front of the building on your way out? And I said, your grace, it'll be my honor. I I couldn't couldn't tell you if I dreamed it would be be, for sure. And, uh, you know, give Pabst one last pat and then head down to the Super Happy Fun Arcade. And we'll see you soon. It was nice to see you, Joff. He uh, said, I feel like I know you too from somewhere. I said, say another case solved. Uh, it's a and Tom and good night. Crone, oh, sweet, oh, it's time for, sorry, Crone. for my prayers, the old gods and the new. Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog, Deckard God. It's me, your humble uh, servant coming in, you know, uh, Pentium to, and pro- I'm prostrated grown, holy cow you know so I have a prostrate anyway uh coming in t- talking to you praying in and uh you know I've been working well i haven't been exactly working on our plan since the last time we talked uh but I've been thinking about it occasionally of how we're gonna stay in touch since we won't have the show to keep me, pr- you know keep me g- g- getting a hold of you. So I thought I'd give you, so I, then I had the summer camp idea. So Crone, Sweet Sweet Crone, Miller, Smith, Barker, Jester, Hound Dog, God. Uh, this is what I think is that we should form a summer camp. Uh, and I, I don't know what, what I said last week, because then I said to myself this week, how, how would, it, even if they're all-knowing, I'm not aware of any summer camps in Westeros or the Game of Thrones universe. And the most summary stuff happened down where the Jester was, uh, and it didn't get you know it didn't get enough face time anyway. So maybe you should so God if it summer camp is uh, let me talk about location. Maybe that's where we should start. Of course, of course. So we want some place with a lake. That's one. I uh, gods. Now, Crone, I don't know if you swim Barky. I know you Barky you'll be, you'll be in Miller, you know, I don't know. Maybe we could have gardening Miller. Yeah. Some sort of eatable. That's probably a new thing. They didn't have that when I was there at summer camp, only one time for one week, uh, but we will have gardens. Yes. Miller. So location with a lake uh, with shade and sun, you're right. Crone, we don't want too much of either. Stream, okay, I hear you, I hear you, a forge, I think that might be a good idea, Uh, like, for adults only, uh, Smith, because, yeah, you could forge uh, horseshoes, Uh, you you know, friendship bracelets are usually braided or created um, out of uh, plastic-like rope, at least when I was there. So, but maybe we could have that. Uh, maybe you could have a forge. I don't know if, what, uh, um, maybe you could just run the forge. Uh, is that what they're called? Well, yeah, but you, uh, a, a blacksmith shop. You're right, Smith. Uh, Jester, oh boy, are we going to need you for the nighttime activities? So yeah, uh, uh, entertainment hall. Uh, and hound dog, God, uh, don't worry. It'd be plenty of frowns to go around and hang dog looks, uh, but here's the thing, Scads, so we need a lake, uh, we don't need the whole lake, we just need access to the lake, a dock is normally, a pretty big part of it, uh, for standing, for blowing, you know, that's where the movie sh- scenes, are usually shot, and, you know, canoeing, swimming lessons, uh, other swim, swim related, uh, fun swims, uh, and, other stuff you do in the water. I don't know if we do fishing or not. I mean, if uh, we're doing smithing, maybe we could do fishing. I'm not sure on that ruling. If uh, we want a place with a lake, a beach would be nice. You're right. Uh, I, I do hear you. So beach would be nice. Uh, it is always cool if it's in the mountains, but you don't want it to be too remote because you, like, you're like you driving in the air. You want to, like, so usually parents send their, well, this is only, okay, God, as you probably know, most of my, uh, basis for living is assumptions and things I learned from television. And that's why I'm in need of, you know, belief system like yours is, uh, (laughs) but so like usually in the movies, in the TV shows, the parents would send their kids away to summer camp for the summer. And visit them. Or it would never seem like it lasted a week. It always seemed like it lasted a few weeks. Which somehow made it cooler and more bonding for the youth and the staff. Uh, and you wanted it to be further, far enough away that it wasn't a hassle to drive to. But far enough away that you couldn't just you say, hey, come get me. And would say, well, so I guess that's over an hour and a half. Because usually less than an hour and a half. I think that's the number, because in this three hours round trip, uh, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, so that's the level of remoteness we're looking for, is whatever our base market is, which ours is everywhere. So, oh, do we want to theme it? Good good point. Uh, could it be near Renaissance Festival? That is a good question. Uh, oh, boy, Crone, you really are brainstorming me. That is good stuff. So you're right, there is, uh, so if we near, uh, uh, so that would be Lake Ontario, but uh, I don't know, then it's like around 15 minutes, uh, but it doesn't matter. Let's just use our imagination for right now, because the, the odds are it would be an imaginary summer camp anyway. So we want a lake, we want trees, we want a dock, we got those covered. A stream would be very nice, or a creek at the very least. Uh, and I think actually the summer camp I was at, maybe it was my imagination, but there was a creek running down the middle of it into the water. And that separated the, uh, the like on one side of the creek up on a hill was uh, the the uh, boys' camp, and then on the other side of the creek was a girls' camp. But again, this could have just been in a movie I saw. So we have, then we have cabins, uh, and g- g- usually like, uh, I don't know if the cabins are normally all ages or they're separated by age. I think they're separated by age, but don't quote me on that. Cause I think it would be better if it wasn't, well, maybe it would be better if it was. And then usually in the cabins, there's bunk beds, uh, and you want someplace that, you know, it, uh, ideally. It's temperate enough uh, that you don't need air conditioning or heat. It just you know for cost of things. Uh, I would think this would be a device-free zone, or maybe we'd have a device Sunday device day, because uh, otherwise you wouldn't want kids on their, their screens, and you, there will also be a power issue and a Wi-Fi issue. So Kron, why don't you file that under you know you predict the future and see how it turns out? and we'll make a decision on that. So trees stream cabins. Uh, then we have a community hall. Usually this does everything. It, uh, it you, you eat in there, you have your, uh, uh, events in there. Like when the jester's going to do a magic show or whatever, uh, the dance, uh, that my friend had a day to that I did not, uh, yeah, but that's not a big deal that you, you had that that's where that would take place as well. So it's like the, the hall, I think they would probably call it. Then there's a canteen. That's another important thing, or, uh, it might have another term and that's a little store where you could, you, you get a little budget, you know, maybe five bucks to last yourself the week and it's open for a few hours a day. You can buy, I used to buy in, uh, they called them a Claire's, but it was really like a Popsicle. It, it like, but it wasn't, it was cr- like a chocolate or vanilla Popsicle with crunchy stuff, dipped in crunchy stuff. And that's what I got every night. Uh, I think it was whatever, 50 cents or two, a buck or it was probably 50 cents or 25 cents. Uh, and so I would have one of those with my canteen funds that so I could spread it out over the five or six days that was there. Uh, so you have that. Then you have uh, activity courts. So you're going to have maybe tennis or pickleball, uh, basketball, archery's big. You're right. Thank you, Jester. Uh, uh, tree climbing, leadership course or ropes course. You're right, Bark. That's a new thing that didn't exist. Uh, leadership and teamwork didn't exist when I was a youth. So that would be a nice thing to have. Thank you. Tree fort, you're right, Barky. That's another great idea. I like that idea too. A tree canteen, well, it's possible. I mean, we're not Ewoks, but we could think about it. Anyway, uh, usually we have four square is a four square court's big. I've never in my life ever seen anyone play tetherball, except maybe in one or two movies about summer camps, but they did have that. So that's the location we're looking for. I'm not sure what else we'd need. You need an entrance gate, uh, a place for the like uh, the administrators to sleep, and I really think that's all we need. A kitchen, of course, of course, of course, we need a kitchen. Yeah, don't worry, we'll have a forge. Uh, there may be other things I'm missing, but that's uh, that, that. I just want to prayer in and update you. And then maybe next week we could think about what roles you're going to take. Uh, but I hope you're excited. I'll be visit. I'll spend the summers with you. You know, once we get this camp going. But if you in any of you in your uh, adventures on Earth, you know, you you want to. I don't know. It's not is an eminent domain. If 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 you're an all powerful being and you take control of something. But it'd be great. Or you just, like, you know, zap the person and say, sell that to Scoots for, uh, you know, four cents an acre. Uh, So that's it. Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky Jester, Hound Dog God. It's me working on our summer camp uh, and looking forward to it. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Good night.